Proverbs 1, 7 will be our text tonight. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. As I've been recently reading through the book of Proverbs, even meditating on this text, I remembered a comment I read that was made by a holiness preacher decades back, and he said something like this, Martin Luther revived the Bible doctrine of justification by faith. John Wesley revived the Bible doctrine of entire sanctification. Today, he continued, Christianity needs a revival of the Bible doctrine of the fear of the Lord. And I thought, if that was true decades back, how much more does it apply to our day and age? The fear of the Lord is a common term, concept, doctrine in, in the Bible, both in the Old and the New Testament. The word fear in the Bible is used in a variety of ways. There are fears we should have and fears we should not have. For instance, there's uh, scriptures like, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Or, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. There is no fear in love. The perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. So there are some fears we ought not have. And perfect love casts out fear. The fear of torment, of eternal hell, and separation from God. There are also many scriptures that we read, with, it says, fear not. But also there are scriptures like our text tonight. And also, like Ecclesiastes 12, 13, that tells us, Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Or in the New Testament, 1 Peter 2, 17, says, Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the King. There's a difference between the fear that a sinner may feel versus the fear a believer feels. The sinner who is under Holy Ghost conviction uh, feels dread uh, of the impending danger uh, of, uh, and torment of, of facing uh, uh, eternal separation from God as a result, as a result of unrepentant sin. The overcoming believer fears God with a holy reverence or a holy Oh, a filial reverence or a parental reverence. That would be a healthy respect that a son or a daughter has for a parent, or we should say should have for a parent, because children learn how to respect authority at home. And if they learn to respect mom and dad, they, it goes a long way to learning to have a healthy respect for the Almighty God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. To fear God and 
this text is not to be afraid of God. It is not to fear torment. Um, rather, it's to stand in awe of Him. Because He is the Almighty God. We stand in awe of God. We use the word awesome quite loosely. And it's most appropriate to use that word. I use it other times. But it's the most appropriate use, word, a time to use the word awesome when we think of God, the Almighty Creator. We stand in awe of Him because He's our God. He's the Creator. He's a judge of all the earth. He's the Holy King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's our Heavenly Father. He's our Savior. And we stand in awe that He's also our friend. The fear of the Lord is a reverent, worshipful fear. It's a reverential awe or a worshiping submission, which leads the believer to love and to obey God and to love and to honor and to love uh, his or her neighbor. The fear of the Lord includes the worship of God, includes all reverence towards God and love and trust and devotedness of heart. It's a desire to please God. It's holiness of heart and life. That is to fear the Lord. In the Old Testament, the Gentiles that, that uh, uh, honored the moral law, uh, uh, they were known as God-fearers. Job, fear God and eschewed evil. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge we have in our text, or of divine knowledge, or of wisdom. Later in Proverbs, we hear the same theme rehearsed. In fact, it is throughout, the, throughout Proverbs and Psalms. And we read the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the same concept. It's the beginning of, uh, of divine knowledge. It's the starting point. It's like learning the ABCs of divine knowledge, the fear of the Lord. It is the basics. The fear of the Lord is not just a chronological position. It's not just a beginning. But it's also that word describes the chief part or principle. It is uh, the starting point. The fear of the Lord is the starting point, but also the essence of divine knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Some, uh, it is the beginning of theology. It's the beginning of understanding God and the Bible. If you ever hear somebody talk about knowing the Bible, but there's no sense of fear for God, they haven't even begun to understand the knowledge of God. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. To worship God with a holy fear or reverential awe means more than uh, simply closing our eyes and trying to create or manufacture some emotion or feeling of worship to reverence God. And I'm not trying to make light of that. There is a lot of emotion when we come into the presence of God. But Proverbs 8.13 says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, arrogancy, and the evil way. Proverbs 16.6 says, By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. The fear of the Lord uh, delivers from evil, delivers from sin, transforms the life. In another place, it says the fear of the Lord leadeth to life. It gives life. It leads unto life. It produces spiritual life. It is the beginning of spiritual knowledge when we know Christ. It comes through the fear of the Lord. 
to fear the Lord. It is not just the beginning, but our whole worship, the way we approach God, the way we understand God, the way we continue to serve God, it is through this understanding that we approach Him with a holy awe. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It leads to humility, to brokenness, for sin. It leads to repentance, the fear of the Lord leads to holy reverence for, for his holy word. Isaiah 66, 2 says, The Lord said there in Isaiah 66, 2, To this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit, and trembleth at my word. Trembles. We ought to tremble at the word of God. Peter said that a reverent awe of God is the motivation for holy living. This is a New Testament scripture. First Peter 1.17 And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of person, judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. Another way to say this, to paraphrase it, would be, if you say that God is your Father, Peter says, conduct yourself with reverent fear while you live as strangers on the earth. Or another way to say it is honor and reverence God throughout your time of sojourning because he judges all people impartially according to each one's deeds. The fear of the Lord is tested in many ways. In fact, the first place in the Bible if I might say, the first time we read in Genesis of the fear of God, it is in relation to sexual sin. Sexual temptation is one way that tempts, or that tests rather, the fear of God. The way we treat each other. Ephesians 5.21, Paul said, submitting yourself one to another in the fear of God. The way we treat one another tests our fear for God. We treat one another with love, not only because he placed love in our hearts for one another, but also out of regard, a holy regard for God. Of course, we're going to honor our neighbor. The fear of the Lord is not an archaic concept. It's not an archaic Old Testament concept that promotes legalism. Rather, it's the foundation of faith, as we've already considered, and of morality. Actually, the fear of the Lord is interwoven throughout the Bible. But it's also interwoven, as I thought about this, throughout this holiness gospel that we enjoy. That we are a part of the fear of the Lord informs all the Bible doctrines, the holiness traditions, the practices that our church has preserved for uh, close to 120 years. It, it is a holiness culture that is rooted in, in the fear of the Lord. From the moment we walk into this tabernacle or in the sanctuary, we're encouraged to walk in and to create an atmosphere where there's a holy hush, where there's a sense of holy reverence, a worshipful and prayerful atmosphere, a special sense of the holiness of God. A sense of the presence of God, a consciousness or awareness of God. We want there to be a stillness when we come into this holy place. 
Christianity is reduced more to a therapeutic or something that makes us happy or something that makes me feel good. It seems like the focus is more on self than on preserving a relationship with the Holy God. The fear of the Lord teaches us that our eyes ought to be on Him, make ourselves smaller and Him bigger. It seems like there's a focus more on the grace of God, and I would rather preach of the love and the grace of God than on the righteous and just nature of the God or on the a focus on the fear of the Lord. But to properly understand grace, you have to understand uh, the fear of the Lord or the terror of the Lord. Paul said in Romans, behold the goodness and the severity of God. The goodness is the grace of God. The severity of God is the, the fear of the Lord. Jesus said, fear not them which kill the body, but not, are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Hebrews, we see grace and the fear of the Lord interwoven. Hebrews 10.30, vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord. The Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Here's this beautiful scripture that, that, that marries together grace and the fear of the Lord. Actually, the fear of the Lord is a grace from God, is a gift from God. And here we see it at Hebrews 12, 28. Wherefore we, receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. That's an unshakable kingdom. An eternal, an eternal kingdom. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For God is a consuming fire. When he says there, let us have grace, that means let us hold on unto grace. So we, whereby, it's through the grace of God that we serve him acceptably with reverence and godly fear. I think back to when I was 12 years old to my first youth camp. I was brought up in a Christian home, taught to respect, honor, serve God, fear God. And I'll tell you, it was the love of God that melted my heart. But the more I thought back to that time and the teaching, the music, the, the devotional, the preaching, all of it together, it taught me a sense of the fear of the Lord. It was embedded in everything that took place there. Yes, we had a lot of fun. We had a great time, but we had a sense of the reverence of God. Paul said, work out your own salvation. This is to the believer. With what? Fear and trembling. We work out what God puts within us. That means uh, we protect our relationship with God. We don't take it casually, loosely, carelessly, flippantly, neglectfully. Because again in Hebrews we read, how shall we? This is the church. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Daniel Webster, the brilliant American statesman, was asked, what was the most important and most sobering thought that ever occupied your mind? And he quickly answered, my personal accountability to the Almighty God. The person that fears God stands in awe of him. 
considers God the ultimate reality. The person that fears God has a conscience sense or awareness of God's power, authority, of His presence. Uh, the person that fears God knows that God sees our deeds and knows our hearts. He sees the intent of our heart. A person that fears God knows that God is not mocked. That whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. The, those that fear the Lord know that God is loving, holy, powerful, so wise that we would tremble at the thought of leaving God. That is what the believer fears or reverences God so much. They're not leave Him. The person that fears God cannot get away from the scripture that says it is appointed unto me once to die. And then the judgment. The person that fears God has a holy concern and a caution to not grieve God, not to quench the spirit of God. Stands in awe of His holiness, of His love, His mercy. Stands in awe of Calvary. The second part of that verse says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Throughout the book of Proverbs, wisdom or divine knowledge is contrasted against or with the folly of rejecting God. The fool here is not somebody that, that lacks intelligence. Fools are those that despise wisdom, that reject divine instruction. Instead of choosing to walk in godliness, Fools are rebellious. This is what the Bible teaches here. Towards godly counsel, reject the fear of the Lord. We thank God for Holy Ghost conviction. We thank God that He, through His Spirit, and His love and His mercy, He confronts the sinner. Unfortunately, we know that not everybody that senses the fear of God or trembles at His Word. We know that uh, just because somebody senses or has a Holy Ghost conviction, experiences Holy Ghost conviction, not everyone repents. We know when Paul preached to the governor Felix, and he preached unto them of righteousness, temperance, or self-control, and the judgment to come with an impending ju judgment. He trembled. His heart trembled, in other words. But he, he asked them to come back in a, at a convenient season. One of these days soon, the door of mercy will close. Proverbs 1.28, later in the same chapter of our text, gives a sobering warning. Then shall they call on to those, by the way, the warning is to those that reject the fear of the Lord. And it says, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. So today we can choose to honor God. One day every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that He is Lord. Today we can choose to show reverence to the living God. Tonight, if you're not saved and you're here or you're watching online, God is reaching out to you in mercy. And he's saying, repent. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. God is not willing that any would perish. He went to great lengths to offer 
died his son, that we might tremble at the thought of his love. We're standing all of Calvary. So today, if you're not saved, make your peace with God. If you're saved, why well, come before him tonight with a holy reverence? Maybe you don't feel like you used to feel about God and his work. And ask God to renew a holy reverence. Ask God, maybe your eyes have turned. Somehow circumstances have got you turned from looking to God, to yourself, your feelings, or, or to others. And the fear of the Lord teaches us to look upward. Look to God. Give Him thanks. Give Him honor. Praise Him. Submit to Him. Honor Him. Obey Him. Let Him break you. If you're hardened tonight, ask God to break your heart, to make, give you a contrite spirit, to make, give you a sense of the filthiness of sin and how much uh, that sin grieved God and hurt God. Help Him to break your heart to where you, you sense a holy fear, a holy reverence, and you turn to Him instead of running away. Uh, fear the Lord frees us. God wants to free you tonight. If you're not free, choose the fear of the Lord.